Hello, you're listening to Not The Queen's English, the podcast where we talk about all things related to life in the UK and British English. I'm Holly. And I'm Murray. And this week we're talking about Brexit. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I was going to do that as well. It's, <laughs> it's what it deserves, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really does. But I think before we get into the sort of into the weeds, uh, <laughs> yes. we should talk about a few other things. For example, um, we asked our lovely Instagram followers, "Is there anything that you would like us to talk about on the podcast?" And Brexit is a subject that came up, I think, understandably. Yeah. Um, but another request was people wanted to know if we could just generally talk about. What's going on in the UK at the moment? What are people chatting about? Yeah, what's the water cooler chat? <laughs> Which is that something we say in the UK? I'm not sure. Quite possibly. I've... We definitely learned it from like American TV shows yeah. if we do, but yeah. Um, but yeah, what what's the general sort of goss um going on? And this is something I think we are going to do uh in future well, from today but also in future podcasts. It's something we haven't done before. Yeah. Um but I it's made very interesting by the fact that so, like, I work in an office, mm. uh, and you don't, yeah. and I do look at the news a bit, but you don't look at the news at all. No, I live in a cave. Yeah, well, I think I completely understand. By choice. No, I completely understand it, because things, uh, there's just, like, a lot of bad things happening in the world. There's so much going on that I just don't want to know about. Yeah, it's, it's like, really mentally exhausting to keep abreast of these things. Yeah. So, I load that, I unload that emotional labour onto you. <laughs> outsource it I sift yeah. through it yeah um well yeah because I don't I, I don't want to talk about like super hard hitting things on this because like you know if people There's want to know that, that they, yeah. you can go and look at the news and I don't want to burden you with having to know about like the sort of dregs of of misery thank you <laughs> um but you know nevertheless I think there are certain things that people are talking about that it would be worth us just thinking about for a few minutes at the start of the podcast okay enlighten um, me do well I think something that you even you as somebody who's not looking at the news uh, won't have been able to escape all the chat about the royal family in particular uh, in particular oh, Prince Harry yeah I feel guilty whenever I'm on our Instagram because everyone else teaching English or specifically British English or I mean just English generally mm. has done something about like the interviews the book yeah. like the word spare and I I'm going spare just <laughs> just thinking about it it's hard though, isn't it? Because I mean, we're like, I mean, the clues in the name. We we try not to be too concerned with the sort of yeah. the whatever's happening with the elites. <laughs> we what we like about the royal family is the sort of camp nonsense that goes along with it. Yeah, a, a all of the, the like sort of plates that have got the picture of like pictures of the queen's oh, face. Oh yeah, memorabilia. On. We love yeah, about that. Just all of that silliness. But the actual reality of it, I think, we both find pretty difficult. Um, yeah, I would. I would be happy for them to, you know, they if they retired and it was a sort of maybe like an honorary what name, you know? but it didn't mean anything. I had this idea because I listened to an excellent thing on BBC Sounds about the history of reality television. Yeah. I would highly recommend it by the way. It's called Unreal. If you search for that on BBC Sounds, you might find it, but their search yeah, function, the search function is leaves a lot to be desired. But anyway, <laughs> so I had the thought of abolish the monarchy yeah, but just um, turn it into like make them the Kardashians essentially mm. just make it a BBC reality show where we like follow them around doing like their mad things and that's how they can sort of like earn their keep yeah. they can keep all the palaces and all that if they want to but they'll be you know they'll be generating revenue for the BBC oh somehow oh my god um, yeah so you know if you're listening anyone out there with influence <laughs> there's my solution to the whole yeah, I wonder, nice. I wonder who would have the amount of influence <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um, 
but yeah so we're not you know we're not gonna we're not here to slag them off it's just yeah mm. it's just not something we uh we agree with but um but it has been very interesting and you'll have missed a lot of the ins and outs of of the conversations that have been going on. Mm. Uh, so anyone who may not have heard about all of this, uh, Prince Harry... <laughs> God, I envy you. Yeah, Prince Harry released uh, an autobiography, ghost-written. Uh, oh. Like, yeah, he didn't, he didn't write it himself, but... Oh, what a gig. Yeah, I know, imagine, because I wonder, did they sit down with him? Did, they, did he just send, like, recordings of stuff over to them or, like, yeah. write things down in his own words and they, like rephrased it i'd love to know i don't know who the who the writer is that would be something it would be worth I, it'll be some like times journalist or something yeah, but it'll probably. be someone someone quality <laughs> um but yeah so he's released uh, an autobiography called spare uh and the reason it's called spare is because of the old saying an heir and a spare about the first male child that would be born to these wealthy families would be the heir who'd inherit everything and then you've got a spare just in case the heir dies of or, syphilis or, or you know I don't know leaves the royal family or what have you which is what happened with the the queen's dad oh yeah that he would never he was never meant to be the king but then his brother his older brother defected mm. defected is not the right no, word ab- abdicated, abdicated. Oh my god, and the word abdicated always makes me smile now, because I think, was it around the time of the independence referendum, the Daily Mail had a headline that was like, the biggest crisis since the abdication. <laughs> yeah, completely ridiculous. Meaning the abdication in 1936. Yeah, was it was something which, like that. Yeah, it's not yeah. really something that's massively um, relevant to most people's no. day-to-day lives. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I guess like if the, if the heir uh, abdicates, then the spare would become uh, mm. would become the next monarch. See series one of the crown. Yeah, yeah. Prince Harry's book is called Spare because of that reason, and uh, there's just been yeah a lot of revelations about like just I think about how like Prince Charles is traumatized from going to like a really grim private school, well public school, mm. uh, and then that trauma has kind of been passed through to them like they lost their mother and it was all like oh you know stiff upper lip and which you know it shows that they're like the rest of us they participate in the great British tradition of passing on the misery that you suffer. Yeah pass on the misery and also just don't talk about your feelings yeah. um, but yeah uh, and talking about things like having a fist fight with Prince William. As you would expect, there's been... There's this thing, like, the royal family seems to have these, like, fandoms where there are some people who are like, oh, I am... I love William and Kate and I hate Harry and Meghan. And then This is very nicely satirised in Gavin and Stacey, one of our favourite sitcoms, where Pamela, the mum, is obsessed with, like, Camilla Parker (laughs) Bowles and hates Diana. Because that is completely the opposite of, like... Most people. Yeah, even now... Well, I don't know if things will have changed now, but even, I mean, pretty much now, like, the the media in the UK absolutely loved Princess Diana, and yeah. lots, there's stories still printed about her. Yeah, I don't the, know what they... The Daily Express, in yeah, particular, is constantly... Yeah, a lot of people's princess stuff, but then, I, I mean, I doubt that they were doing this when she was alive. She was pretty persecuted by the press, oh, but... Yeah. But yeah, so that's, yeah, there's just been a lot of chat about that, and I've tried to stay away from it, but I have seen, I've seen the odd thing of, like, you know, there's a lot of Twitter accounts that are called things like, I love the Sussexes, and then there are Twitter accounts... <laughs> Who are the Sussexes? That's uh, Harry and Meghan. This is this is the depths of my like. I sort of stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The Duke and Duchess of Suffolk. No, Sussex. Oh, <laughs> the Sussexes. Yeah. We're going to talk about like politics and political scandals at some point, and I think when we come round to that, we should talk a little bit about like Harry's Prince Harry's scandalous past because oh, he has God. a long history of like being in the papers even before. <laughs> 
um, you know, he had a wife that people could be racist about. Oh, God. Um, but but yeah. let's, yeah, let's, let's, I think that that is the biggest, one, like, one of the biggest news stories in the UK at the moment. I think there okay. are other things, but I think that they're either, like, super depressing okay. or just, like, we'll come onto them on a different episode. But I think, yeah, I'm sure that that's something that is just of global interest as well to people. Like, okay. wherever you are, you will probably have heard about. Okay, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Brexit now. Oh, do we have to? I- I'm afraid so. It, okay. is, it is as advertised. No, that's you, you're very... Uh, I think in the first series of this podcast, we sort of consciously stayed clear of talking about politics, partly because it's just too depressing. Uh, <laughs> and also, yeah, we, it could easily just turn into both of us just ranting on about yeah, our which, political like, views. No one is going to benefit. That's not a very entertaining podcast no, episode, is it? It's not what you're here for. <laughs> Um, but I think it is important, especially because, you know, lots of people who listen to this and who follow us on Instagram are from Europe. And mm. like in terms of like if you come to visit the UK now, uh, if you want to come and study here, stuff like that will have been affected by Brexit. So I think it is important we talk about it. Well, also, it's just like, you know, we our thing is talking about popular culture and like think the English that people really use, the words, you know, the kind of language that people really use in the UK and like... Brexit is one of those things that just it spawned a huge amount of vocabulary. People talk about it, even even if people aren't now that it feels like it's sort of done in a way. Like people aren't necessarily having like debates about it. Well, they are on Twitter, but like it's but it's still just in the popular culture. Yeah. People just like throw back to it. It's a, it's a cultural reference that it's important to have in the same way that like EastEnders is. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So well, I I just can't believe that it was seven years ago, the referendum. Good Lord, does that Yeah, I mean, I guess six and a half when, as, at, when we're recording this. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it happened in 2016. We're in 2023. <laughs> I don't know how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Brexit. <sighs> I mean, there's there's so much to say about it. And I think I don't really want to get like into the weeds because it's... One, it's quite boring well, to actually talk about the ac- The actual like technicalities and ins and outs of it. I mean, for one thing... I remember making a big effort whilst it was happening to try and understand it, and I just, I just don't. In in the way that most British people or people in the UK didn't understand the EU when we were in yeah. it, I don't think anyone really understands the the technicalities of no longer being in the EU. No, I think what would be helpful to do would to be to do a bit of a timeline, yeah, okay. of, of how how it went from a sort of like you know casual observer's standpoint. Mm. So. The sort of prehistory of it. I mean, we'll talk about this. Um, it's more in our like general politics episode, but basically, it was pretty much. I think it was the day after the result of the Scottish independence referendum. David Cameron announced that there would be a Brexit referendum. Oh my god! <laughs> like, like just let us have a rest. Yeah. Please. Oh my god! What spectacular timing. And like, okay, I'm no expert political observer, but I think it's generally agreed that like Cameron thought he could do that to sort of like. They were. I think the Tories were like losing votes to UKIP a little yeah, bit. UKIP, the UK Independence Party. Who? <laughs> and it's difficult. It's difficult to express because UKIP became so influential in British politics because of the Brexit referendum. It's hard to convey just how much of a joke they were beforehand. Yeah. Let this be a lesson to everyone. It's not as if this hasn't happened before in history, but like. I really think David Cameron thought, I'll call this referendum, it'll settle this issue, and then UKIP won't be an issue, won't be a problem to yeah. us anymore. 
Um, and exactly the opposite happened, basically. It just, it made... Weren't you saying to me when we were talking about this originally, um, initially, there was a, an opinion poll? Yeah, so I think, um, I, I really don't know what year it was from, but I think maybe like 20, 2013, it was sort of in the early 2010s or like late noughties, uh, there'd been an opinion poll that said, I think it was just said like, what issues are the are most important to you and what, what yeah. do you think are the... And I think maybe something like 0.5% of the of the UK public had said that the EU was, a, a you know, something they were concerned about. Like, it, you know... Maybe as much as ten percent, but it, it really wasn't the top it was of not. Anyone's... No, nobody was thinking about it. It just wasn't an issue. I mean, in fairness, I think probably a lot of people would have said immigration because that is always something that you know is being made into an issue. Yeah, and like that, the EU that was, was always tied, tied up, up with that, yeah, but yeah, people yeah. weren't necessarily thinking about it in terms of like, oh, you know, I really care about like reducing immigration so I want to leave the EU I don't think people had like fully made that connection other than people like in UKIP yeah so yeah UKIP became a one issue party I suppose like they there were other things but that was what they were really known for well their like their logo was like a pound symbol so their big thing was that they didn't want the euro I think that's originally what they they sort of campaigned on Um, (laughs) Um, so yeah because this is the thing though we we had such a cushy deal in when we were part of the EU, because we didn't have to do, like, loads of the stuff we didn't want to do. Mm. We got loads of money, and especially, like, more deprived parts of the UK were getting loads of money. Um, we didn't have to take the euro. We kept the pound. Like, we we just had, like... There, there was stuff around fishing, I know, because this was a big issue in Scotland. Yeah. I, and, I, and I'm like, I don't understand the issues, but I know that there were what seemed to be quite legitimate concerns in fishing communities they were very anti-EU yeah, like, think, even before the referendum I think it was something to do with like international like fishing fleets were allowed to come and fish yeah. in their waters or whatever so then maybe they didn't have enough yeah. themselves so, yeah I, I don't really understand it but that was used people who in previously had not given two flying doodads <laughs> <laughs> yeah that common expression yeah, yeah. about um, they hadn't cared two hoots uh, <laughs> about fishing suddenly yeah. this is one of the weird things and I suppose this this happens with any political issue but people suddenly being like oh but what about the fishermen and it's like well you've yeah. You've never th- cared about this in your whole life, and now suddenly that's become yeah, and and often just as a as a front for the fact that you have a baseless concern about immigration. Well, I mean, in fairness, I think people in everything in life make decisions emotionally and then try to justify them. Yeah, and I think that is doubly the case in politics. People just have like a gut feeling about something and then come up with the reasons afterwards. And I think it's important to note as well, like okay. We had a cushy deal in the EU, but it wasn't all, you know, like, um, <laughs> what's the word I want? I'm like bread and roses. It wasn't all like ha ha he he. Like, I'm sure there were legitimate things about the EU. Hardly anyone voted in EU elections. So, yeah, like, that's true. There was like a, just a massive lack of like understanding of what yeah. the EU actually did. And like, I used to follow the news quite closely and even I just wasn't, I, I even once like, I think during my PhD, I went to a lecture where, like, one of the law professors literally, like, explained what all the different bodies of the EU were, what they meant legally and what they did. And I sat and I listened to that and I took notes and I still, I walked out of it not knowing. No, it's, Um, like, it's really complicated and, like, it was problematic in a lot of ways, you know, like, and I think that 
there were people who would be called Lexit, left-wing people who voted for Brexit. Oh, God, love them. Um, if, people who think that just because you're really principled means that everybody else voting in the election must also be really yeah. principled. Yeah, because I think, yeah, they had like legitimate concerns about like stuff to do with uh, being in the EU kind of favouring immigration from sort of Western countries yeah. rather than creating opportunities for people outside well, of Europe who like, wanted to move to the UK. You could be pro-EU and like go on about how liberal you are because you were so pro-immigration. And what you mean is like, you know, white people coming from Poland to be nurses. You're not thinking about the people who are like, you know, without wanting to get too dark, you know, drowning in the Mediterranean yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. into Europe. So like, you know, there was, it was a complicated thing. I think the salient point though is like, even when no one was really thinking of leaving the EU, there was a constant thing in the British press, in the tabloids particularly, yeah. of like, talking about bloody Brussels, <laughs> blaming things on Brussels, the unelected Eurocrats in Brussels. <laughs> Eurocrats, for God's sake. <laughs> there was just, it was just like a really convenient thing. Well, that's like, the thing, because, and especially, I think... Lots stuff like um, people in really deprived areas. It's like, why are those areas deprived? Because the UK government has not supported them because they've been neglected, because we've lived through austerity, because yeah. there were cuts. And it was very convenient for like right-wing newspapers to be able to say, oh, well, that's the fault of the EU, rather yeah. than saying so the Tory money party, like, yeah. you know, cut funding to that area and kind of public services have been decimated by the government. Yeah. It's very easy just to be like, oh, well, it's the EU. <laughs> and also, I think one of the, one of the things that like I remember being a big discussion during the referendum like amongst sort of our circle of friends was people talking about like how great Erasmus was yeah like getting to study abroad oh which to be honest though I'm not sure that many that like sort of um in terms of numbers I'm not sure British people took advantage of that massively I know like language students did but I feel like it was much more normal on in on the continent as we say to do Erasmus but like Erasmus like what does that mean to like someone from a deprived community? No, it doesn't like, mean unless anything. you go to university and and also like you, because although like um like I had an internship paid for me by Erasmus and it was very generous, but like I didn't know Erasmus paid for that. Yeah, well, because oh. yeah, it was part of my like year abroad. Well, what was going to be my year abroad as yeah. a modern languages student, and like yeah, they they paid like living expenses and a salary for me to do my internship, but it took them like two months to actually send me that money. My, oh. I had to get a loan from my parents. So if I didn't have parents, I could borrow that money off. Like that's no use to me. No. You can't live on nothing for two months. Oh so like there are all these things where people are like, oh, it's great. And you know, we can go on our skiing holidays without having <laughs> to go through customs or whatever. Like things that just were not relevant to like people in like tough circumstances. Yeah, it's, it's just... Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting too much into like the sort of actual politics of it. Let's talk about like the the language and stuff. Well, I I remember when I first heard the the phrase Brexit, and I guess it's like a portmanteau of like British or Britain and exit, which is so weird because you would never say like oh we're exiting the EU. Although that might be what the government department was called. But yeah, Yeah. but that like Brexit, I remember just thinking, well, that's not going to catch on. That sounds stupid. I just remember thinking that's like slang. It's so weird that they're exit. Yeah. But it's just, so it's that's just, just what, what it's people say now. now. Yeah. I think in like official legal documents, it's called like leaving the EU or exiting the EU. Yeah, but yeah, it, it like on the news they say Brexit. It's just it's absolutely standard. Yeah. So that that is just weird. And yeah. then there's been all sorts of things that have been like that the referendum has spawned. So <laughs> uh, I guess the general thing was like, are you leave or are you remain? Yeah. And off the back of that, people say. Uh, 
people who were very invested in leaving the EU uh, call people who now complain <laughs> that we've left the EU, they call them Ramonas, yeah. which, like, gets on my way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's just, like, the sort of, you know, common insult that is and just... And what, what were people who are pro-leave called? Like, Brexiters or Brexiteers? Brexiteers, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think you can say Brexiters as well. Yeah. But there doesn't seem to be, like, a derogatory <laughs> name for that in the way that, like, Ramona is clearly... Yeah. yeah um... I mean, I think it's probably because people who want to be very critical of, like, Brexiters will probably like, just call them, like, racists or something. Do you know what I mean? Well, people yeah, that's... Sort yeah. of don't pull their punches. No. People ascribe... I mean, it, it really is the kind of thing that split the UK in two. I mean, it, and the result was very, very close. It yeah. was, like, essentially 50-50. Um, but yeah, it was the thing that really, like, you were either one or the other. There weren't, there wasn't really an option of being on the fence about it. No, even though I think most, like, well, maybe not most people, but a lot of people would have been on the fence about it because nobody understood it. And, like, we don't, we don't understand it either. No. Um, so I think, yeah, there would have been a lot of people who just, you know, maybe just, like, asked their family, well, how are you voting? They'd have gone with that. Or they'd have seen all of the many front pages being, like, vote for Brexit. But as with everything, it became this, like, sort of culture war. So it was sort of like... Like, you know, if if I knew nothing else about it, I probably just would have voted Remain anyway because, like, all of our... All of my friends were. Like, anybody who was vaguely on the left, who was sort of liberal in terms of, like, their social politics, mm. like... It, the, just the default position was voting Remain, whereas Leave was more of the default position if you were on the right, um, if you sort of like like read tabloid newspapers, things like that. Um, it just it became this like sort of cultural split. There were there were very few people. There were, like you said, there was the Lexit people who yeah. were the sort of like people who'd like overthought it. People who really overthought <laughs> Which it. Which is kind of surprising. We didn't end up going down that because we love overthinking <laughs> things. But the it thing just... is, my my view was always like. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with the EU, but the people taking us out of it are not people who want to like build a socialist utopia outside of it. No, Those that's are not the, the people thing. who who are going to say what happens next. So it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, the sort of um, the like figureheads of the Leave movement were not people that we no. would naturally gravitate towards. But do you, so? Do you remember when? Like, where were you when you found out um, that that Leave had won? the referendum because I was doing my masters and I remember when I'd gone to bed the night before because this is something that is like a big deal in the UK that like Nigel Farage conceded defeat yeah it was uh, so close halfway through the night and nobody surely nobody thought that we were going to leave the EU and I think when I I stayed up for a bit and I was like well it's in the bag so I went to bed and then I woke up and I saw the result and I remember just like my mum phoned me and I remember crying down the phone because I just couldn't believe that that had happened and that like some of these just like very cruel men who were in charge of the leave campaign were victorious. I just remember looking at my phone like waking up and I didn't stay up to watch the count at all Um, I think because this was just two years after the Scottish referendum which I had stayed up all night for oh. and that was such a bruising experience yeah. that um, yeah I just I just woke up and looked at my phone and I just remember feeling like oh god okay well that's that then yeah um, it was just so surreal like again this is this is a heavy thing to talk about but like I remember where I was when I found out Joe Cox had died. Oh, God. Just, I don't know if people know about this because it's not even talked about much in the UK now but like that's, a Labour that's MP that's so weird isn't yeah. it 
It's weird. People, it, people. And Oprah MP was murdered in the str- in, was in, it in her her like surgery, her consultant in her like constituency it? surgery, like yeah. her sort of office. I think it was. She was murdered by uh, like a right wing extremist. But because he's wh- because he's white, people say, oh, you know, he was like a weirdo. He was a loner. But like he had like right wing propaganda in his possession. Like he he had an ideology he was acting on. So that's a right wing terrorist by anyone's definition. Well, yeah, really. um, and that she was, was murdered how long? in the maybe. 10 days or it was so, a few couple of weeks before the referendum yeah and and there was no i mean maybe they maybe they suspended campaigning i don't I remember think for a bit they did but it that was that was just absolutely terrifying and horrible yeah and it wasn't really talked about in no yeah. and it certainly wasn't talked about in terms of like people tried really hard to make sure that it wasn't talked about in act- in connection to the referendum but like you know, Nigel Farage, the Leave pe- people had unveiled a billboard. Do you remember that showing like queues, like huge crowds of people yeah. like lining up as if they were sort of queuing to get into Britain, yeah. and like you know, it it was sort of suggested in the image that oh, they maybe aren't white Europeans these people, yeah. And it was like it was vile, vile, like yeah. There was just like racist, a lot of like propaganda. just horrible things going around, and that. Yeah, that was just just awful and and yeah, just like unbelievably that didn't. I mean, really, they should have like postponed the. Well, they they they. I remember learning that they um, suspended campaign. Princess Diana died like a couple of weeks before the referendum on whether or not Scotland and Wales would get their own parliaments yeah. in nineteen ninety seven. Um, and they didn't cancel that referendum, but they did suspend suspend campaigning for like a week, like yeah. right before it. Um, so, and that wasn't that was just a tragic thing that happened. It wasn't something that was like politically motivated. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I just thought. Yeah, know, no, it's that important. is. We, we that have is, to mention that, but it is just awful. That was like, a big part of the context. And I think um, off the back of that, I just felt quite numb about the actual result because, like. I know we all talk about like 2016 as being like when the sort of badness set in, you know, tr- that was the year of Trump and everything as well. Yeah. But like, I think, I think Joe Cox getting murdered for me was when I really felt like, okay, we're just, we're just in this territory now of like, things are bad yeah. <laughs> and getting worse. Oh God. Okay, so that's, you know, that's sort of ending on, on a bit of a down note, to say the least. But this isn't the end of our Brexit discussion. We're going to be back next week with the the rest of our Brexit chat. And it's all going to be a bit more light-hearted, I promise. Well, yeah, I don't know. As light-hearted <laughs> as Brexit can be. Okay, yeah, in relative terms. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we had to mention that because it's such a... It's just such an awful thing that happened. And it's such an important... Yeah. You know, everyone remembers where they were when that happened and it was just horrendous so yeah um but there's there's a lot more to say about brexit we could probably do an entire series about brexit really oh my god um, but let's not no we're please. not going to we're not going to uh but we will we have got two episodes for you because there is a lot to say yeah um but yeah we we will go on to um i don't know hopefully more jolly topics later on in the series um yeah but yeah so we'll be back next week with more brexit chat but also a bit more sort of current affairs that sort of thing to to sort of you know lighten the load a little bit Mm -hmm. provide a bit of comic relief um but yeah all that remains to be said is as usual check out the cheat sheet for this episode which you can get by supporting us on patreon for a measly one pound a month 
Yeah, it's not much, is it? It really isn't. And that explains any sort of slang or idioms or cultural references that we've used in the show but haven't sort of explicitly explained as part of the episode. Um, So yeah, check that out on our Patreon. Uh, any other uh, housekeeping? Well, follow us on Instagram. Oh my god, yeah, please at do. At Not The Queen's English. Um, and while you're over there, if there's anything you want us to talk about on a future episode, then just give us a shout. Yeah, drop us a wee message, a wee comment. Aww. Uh, let us know you're thinking of us. Aww, <laughs> yeah, that would be really charming. We'd love to hear from you because, yeah, people people do send us messages, don't they? Yeah, and it warms we love the cockles of my heart. Yeah, to think of you all out there <laughs> hanging on our every word, no doubt. <laughs> mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, that's it from us for the time being. And yeah, we will see you next time for even more Brexit chat. Uh, yeah, get excited. <laughs> okay, bye. Ta ra. Bye bye.